Good to be back in studio. What's up, Mac? What's up, everybody listening to the Purposely Offside podcast? You miss us? You think the people miss us? You think they want our take on everything that's been going on in Leafsland? I'm hearing crickets so far. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe I just got my headphones on. I can't hear anything. Can't hear anything? Good to be back, though. Yeah, it's good to be back. A whole hell of a lot has been happening in the GTA. Yeah, tons to talk about today. I feel like it's been a month, but it's really only been about a week. Yeah, it's been about a week. Um, We had the last big interview with Brian Hayes, and ever since then, there's just been a just a storm of stuff, of stories in the Leafs organization, in the NHL. But I, I think, you know, you know where we're going to start. Where are we starting? We're going to start with... That's a rhetorical question. Yeah, that is a rhetorical question. We're going to start with the Raptors. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to start... <laughs> you got me. Did I get you there? I mean, we could start with the Raptors. The Raptors are pretty hot right now. 12 and 4. Beat the Sixers last night. Still getting no respect. Still getting... Yeah, not top 10 go off in the, the ESPN, ESPN power ESPN rankings. What the hell ranking. is that? It's a, it's a typical American bias still showing its head. Yeah. You get a team that just won the N- NBA championship. I mean, it's it's something that everyone predicted. Everybody knew that this was the, the, the hate for... Uh, a Canadian team in the NBA was going to continue, but I mean, still like just, just, just no com- respect, complete lack of respect for this team. But that's not what we're starting guys. For all you Lee fans out there. I know you've been waiting for our take on this and we've shared some stuff on Twitter. We've shared some of our thoughts on Twitter, we, but we're going to officially dive into it today, right? We've talked about this for I would say at least the last couple of months, we didn't really come out and offer our thoughts on it because we thought that it might happen after the season, but we we did not expect the start that this team had this season. Well, we didn't expect that. We you can go back to our previous podcast and we've talked we we talked about Leafs just automatically making the cup. We talked about you know winning a cup. Oh, we were all in. Yeah, like <laughs> making the playoffs we were was a fired thing. Up. They the cup final or bust, like at least winning a round or two, like high expectations basically for this uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team. So, for someone listening to our podcast right now, because I'm just going to assume that I mean, like me and like you, everybody has heard about the Mike Babcock firing, has heard about um, the Mike Babcock thing with Mitch Marner, which we'll get into after have heard so much about it to the point where they're probably so fed up with hearing about it. But what can we offer? What can we offer on today's show on all these topics surrounding the Toronto Maple Leafs? Cause there are a few of them. What can we offer? I think, you know, we just have this. I don't think it's any different than what the, the the average Joe Lee fan is 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 feeling right now, and and I, I know we were blue in the face, no pun intended, just like talking about how like just sick we were of just watching this losing streak, and 
and just watch your mood, right? Continually play just horrible hockey. Like we talked about it in our group chat, and we were just like, I am so disinterested in this team right now. Yeah, I was getting like I still watch the games because I'm a diehard. But it was right? so hard to watch. Like they were absolutely terrible, and yeah. we we came up with or tried to come up with like every every reason or sort of excuse as to why this team was playing so poorly. And, you know, it just, it just wasn't like them. Like, yeah, they, they got struck with some injuries. They had, you know, they didn't have a full lineup, a consistently yeah. full lineup like this offer most of last year or, or the last, you know, few years, but they've been actually pretty lucky with injuries aside from like some big injuries to, to Matthews and, and, and Marner. But, um, they just never, they just did never seem to get off on the right foot this season. And, you know, that's frustrating it, for a lot of people. It's extremely frustrating for a lot of diehard Leaf fans. But then it got to a point where, and we, we, we talked about it. I was like, listen, the, a coaching change has to occur. And I think this that, team, it's, it, they're too good. Yeah. Too skilled and too talented to be playing this poorly. Something's up. So I think Something's that's what up. that's what we can offer, right? We can offer a perspective where we've kind of had a chance to sit on all this information a little bit, process it, think about it, and kind of evaluate it all as two people that generally watch all 82 games of the Toronto Maple Leafs per season, right? Plus the lofts. Plus the playoffs, which are usually just seven games max. <laughs> As I say, so, you know, 80, 89 games. 89 games. <laughs> Let's hope it's past 82 this year, but, right? So, like, you, you don't get the overreaction. Because, I mean, when this when news breaks, right, you get overreactions. It's this guy's fault. It's that guy's fault. The Leafs lose. It's this guy's fault. We're guilty of that. But maybe now that we've been able to sit on this information, we can kind of provide a... You know, some, some, some hindsight, some very good hindsight and some insight in what we can expect from this team. Right. So like you said, high expectations for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We thought of every excuse in the book, the media thought have, you know, was digging for excuses. Now, why are the Leafs playing so crap, right? Nine, nine, 10 and four. This complete five five hundred hockey, but they they were playing worse. When Babcock got fired, though, right nine, ten, and four, and it's like six game losing streak. You look at the games before that, and it's like they're not scoring. Matthews is not producing uh, consistently. Nylander's not producing consistently. Marner's not. And it's like okay, well, these guys are overpaid. Overpaid, entitled. We even said that on the show. Trade Nylander. Trade Nylander. Trade Freddie. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if I trade we, Freddie. Well, wait, we were getting to a point where we were like it's Anderson. We can we were just trying to find an excuse. We're just like trade Freddie. He's horrible. But he's not the guy. I. It might like who knows. It might be those things. We don't know yet. Mike Babcock got fired, but he's still a coach that took the Leafs from some of the most darkest Daves they've ever seen to a pretty respectable franchise. If you don't count these, you know, the first um, 20 plus games of this season. Right. So it might still be some of these things we're talking about. It might be the backup goalie. It might be that they're too top heavy. It might be all these things. The fact of the matter is we don't know yet, 
because they just brought in their new coach, Sheldon Keefe. And I think we still need some time to assess it. But let's get to that after. Let's talk about the actual firing itself. First of all, were you shocked that Mike Babcock was fired as the Toronto Maple Leafs head coach? I was, I was, I knew, sorry, let me trace back here. I had a feeling it was happening very quickly. I didn't think it was happening right before the Arizona game. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just based on like the turnaround time between them going, you know, tough loss in Vegas, pack up, you know, they had a, like a, I think they had a practice that day. Like in the morning, or I don't know when they fired him. Yeah, they had a practice. Have a skate, yeah. skate that day. I don't know if it was optional or it was a practice uh, in Arizona, and then they just they came out because they're they're playing the next night, and yeah, well, they face Vegas on Tuesday, and then they play Arizona Thursday. Thursday, so the Wednesday, the Wednesday. Yeah, off. so there, so it was a very quick turnaround between then. Um, I, I'll still remember I was at work, and it was getting ready. It was like the end of the day. I think it was like three or four o'clock. And I just get a notification pop on my phone, you know, Babcock fired and my jaw just dropped. So I was like, I did not expect this to happen now. I, I expected it to happen. Yes. Yeah, so you weren't shocked that it happened. I was shocked that it happened it. that quickly. Yeah. Um, just knowing their schedule and just the fact that they played like, you know, the prior night. Well, it's like very that. rare that you see um, a coach fired mid road trip, right? Like that, that's very that, unconventional for the NHL. Usually you give too. the guy the road trip, wait till you get home, make the decision. But I think they could, I mean, they've yeah. seen enough. I thought, I thought they would have waited till like now, like they're playing Detroit tomorrow. Yeah. They had a few days off in between. They're closer to home, you know, working their way back up to Toronto, um, for the weekend. So I thought maybe distance-wise as well, they're in the West Coast too. Mm-hmm. They're at, they also had to play in Colorado. So I figured, you know, maybe they get rid of that. They they finish the West Coast swing, see how they do, come back Eastern time zone. Yep. If they've lost those three games, then they can them. Um, yeah, if you if you if bring you, Keith in on the East Coast. If you don't get four, four of six against Detroit yeah. and Buffalo twice, then maybe it's time but to move on. I, I really liked what Shanahan said where he stepped in and said, listen, um, we had to make the change now mm-hmm. and you can't sit and wait because it's only going to get worse. Yep. I really like that they they came in and said, listen, we need to put a stop to this now. There's still two, there is a lot of the season left. All is not lost. This team could easily, easily put themselves back and like right back in the playoff p- picture, division picture. There's still a lot of time, but the longer you wait, the worse it gets. You allow teams to also get hot again, like Tampa struggling right now. Montreal is is on a losing streak yeah. right now. There's a lot of teams in the East that are struggling mm-hmm. and not playing well. You got to capitalize on that when your team is not playing well and try yeah. to make a fix to sort of come on the upswing with those other teams once they start getting hot. Yep. And I, I, I'm with you, right? I'm shocked at the timing of it. If we want to continue, I'll talk about where I was. I was at home cooking dinner when Mike Babcock got fired. My wife's birthday. Oh, we, we, she ripped you a new one. No, no, no. Very understanding. I was, uh, I think I was peeling shrimp at the time, you know, making a nice, uh, nice little surf and turf for dinner. And, uh, this is how I found out. I looked on my phone cause my phone wasn't, wasn't with me. Um, I just briefly looked at my phone and it said Sheldon Keefe hired as the 31st coach in Leafs history. So, so like, you didn't even see the I didn't the even Babcock see the fire. Fired. You just saw Sheldon Keith. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, this wow. obviously means that Babcock. So, you know, dirty hands, just fire up Twitter, fire up Overdrive. Just sauce all over your, yeah. your phone. 
and then just see, you know, all the posts, Babcock fired, Sheldon Keefe brought in. Um, so like me, like you, I wasn't surprised as this happened. Cause I think, well, if, for those of you that have listened to this podcast, or for those of you that have listened here on CFMU, um, to our show, this is something that we talked about and even you can argue that we predicted this right go back to our podcast before this season started and we were right there saying if things go south around late november we said we said january into december though december january right we said that babcock will not only start feeling the heat but it, it might be time for a coaching change and you know here we are here we are so do you think this was the right? And I know we've had you've had a few games to watch uh, the Leafs under the new coach Sheldon Keefe, and they've won those two games. They've they beat Arizona three one. They beat Colorado on Saturday five three. Do you think this was the right decision to get rid of Mike Babcock? One hundred percent. Why? Because the team is not receptive to him anymore, and um, you know it's it's easy to say that in hindsight, because like I said, you've, we've had a week to digest it. All the, all these, you know, all this stuff is coming out against him, but, you know, watching this team, watching this team during this losing streak, especially the Pittsburgh game, um, which was just absolutely horrendous. That was like the trigger oh, that, that, that was the spark that maybe led to this Mike Bob wa- wa- watching, right? watching those games leading up to the firing. It was so clear that this team just did not want to play for him anymore. Mm-hmm. Like people were like, Oh, you know, you, you should always, you should never, you know, there's certain former players, so you should never play to get a coach fired. And But but it's not, like, if you're an athlete and if you've ever played a, a team sport, you know, you it, the longer you play, the more teams you're on, the different people you're exposed to. Like, any athlete can tell you, like, there's been many times where you've had coaches you don't want, don't like, mm-hmm. or don't want to play for. Yep. Um. And it's just you're you're a human being. Like it's just it's very hard to suit up and want to play for somebody that you don't like. And you may not be consciously, you know, trying to get the guy fired, but it's just like something in you. Is, it's not like you're not fired up to play for a guy, or you're not fired up to want to listen to a guy try and coach you and instill his philosophies and routines. If you if you just don't respect him, or you don't want to play for him, and it was so evident with this team. Like you can you can tell the player interviews, um, the reactions to goals, like facial mm. expressions, you know, tell everything. Like they, you know, there's no no fire in these guys' eyes. They 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 said they're saying all the right things in the media. Well, they're coached to do that, right? Uh, you know, PR wise, like oh, you know, we got to start playing for each other, and you know, this road trip's really gonna show us who we are and like we really want to get back on the saddle here but it like there's nothing nothing showed nothing showed us that they were trying to play well they were yeah. just going out there night after night and just and just playing and playing really bad so I, it was clear it was it was more than just you know their their ability and their you know their team chemistry because you know it's they're they're they've been known to be a, a very tight knit group as uh, many people have said. It's just like, you know, usually in times like that, you'll have leaders who will try to pull your team together, but it just, none of that showed. I've been watching the Leafs forever. When I, like since I was what, eight years old. 
And for a lot of those years, I've watched all 82 games, or at least tried to watch all 82 games. And I, I can honestly say, like, the first, what, were they, 9, 23, 20, the first 24 games they played before Babcock got fired, or 23 games, I think it was. That's the worst I've seen this organization play in terms of heart, effort, dedication, willingness to win. The effort was just clearly not there. And I've watched some pretty crappy Leafs teams. Like I'm talking like Ricard Wallin. I'm talking like Phil Kessel being the best player on the team with like Leaf Stepniak on the power play. I've seen some pretty bad teams. We joked. We said that the 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 tankier team looked way better than anything we saw this they year. They definitely played harder. Yeah. They actually tried and they wanted to do something. They're just, they were just bad. So like trust me on this. This is like the worst I've seen them play. So like for me, I knew a coaching change was coming. Is it deserving? I think only time will tell if it's not only deserving, but if this was the right move. Right? I think recency bias, a two-game win streak, you see the smiles on the Leafs' face again. You see music like today being played at practice. You see John Tavares um, saying, you know, we, we build from here. You see the smiles after that Phoenix win uh, on the blueprint. So recency bias says this is the right decision. I'm going to refer to my uh, initial tweet um, when Babcock got fired. So this was five days ago. This was last week. And I said, once upon a time, the Leafs had Lou Lamorello, a proven winner. The Leafs currently have a GM with minimal NHL experience in Kyle Dubas. And now they have a coach in Sheldon Keefe with zero NHL experience. I understand a move had to be made, but temper your expectations, Leafs Nation. And I think that's important. Right? I, think, I, I do think that as an organization, as a fan base, I should say, we do need to temper our expectations a little bit because yeah, this, this group could be having more fun, but they're still like, they still got to play. They still got to win about over 60% of their games to get into the playoffs. Like they still got to play really good hockey to play into April. So, was this a needed change? I think that's obvious because of the way they were playing. But let's just pump the brakes a little bit on Sheldon Keefe being the, the best NHL coach after two games. I think this is something that we have to look at through the rest of the season. They have to make the playoffs first. Right? And they also got to win a round. I was just going to say, if they went around this year... So I think that's how tick, I'm really going to tick the boxes as you go. Tick the boxes as you go. I'm really going to evaluate this, this, this coaching change when I see some sort of progress and the progress I need to see is winning around. But right now we're not even in a playoff spot. Now the two game win streak helps, right? You got a game against Detroit Wednesday night, tomorrow night, you got two games back to back against Buffalo. I think you need six points there, or at least five or six. Those are three winnable games, easily. So there's some damage control here, right? The Leafs got to do some damage control. Um, They got to win these important games. 
But how I'm going to evaluate the trade, or not the trade, how I'm going to evaluate the firing of Babcock and the hiring of Sheldon Keefe is if Sheldon Keefe does something that Babcock couldn't do. And that's when a playoff round in Toronto. Do you agree? 100%. Um, over the week, the past week or so since he's taken over, yeah, it's, you know, you're seeing this whole, you just ben- mentioned it perfectly, like the damage control mm-hmm. that he's doing. And it's it's just funny to watch to not watch to to listen to these um, sports analysts and broadcasters just talk about the things he's changed. Basically, all he's and I was listening to Overdrive today, and Bob McKenzie was even saying that, um, you know, keeps doing like a one eighty on everything that Babcock did that everyone hated. He's just come in and just said, okay, we're not we're changing that, we're that we're doing the opposite of what he did. They Bob McKenzie's like, don't be surprised. If you see Michael Hutchison start Friday night on the back-to-back in Buffalo, O'Dog said he's gonna he's gonna put a million dollars on the line, saying that yeah. you you bet your ass that he's coming in, and again doing the opposite of Babcock, playing Michael Hutchison Friday, playing Freddie Anderson Saturday against Buff, likely Freddie tomorrow against Detroit. Um, and I, and so, I'm down for that. And, like, it, but those are the right things that they should have been done. The thing is not like, you know it's quick to judge to say like, Oh, you know, he's doing all the right things already. And just to, you know, spite Babs and, um, you know, win, win over Leafs nation. But these are, these are all positive things, but they're all the right things that you should have been doing for the get go. But we'll only find out if they're right. If it leads to winning, if it leads to winning, which right? so far, cause, cause you know, more than anybody, Michael Hutchison loses that game. He's right back in the doghouse. If my if Matthews goes yeah. invisible for three straight games, yeah. now it's back on the players. So I guess what I'm saying now is the players might be off the hook right now, but they are another two, three game winning streak away from being okay. Well, what now, guys? Because we're not we're not firing Sheldon Keith. Like, well, like the, the players are off the hook mm-hmm. for now, but all it takes for this group is to not not make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they're right back in question again. Well, then that's when you'll see some changes a la trades. So I don't want to, like, I always feel like I'm playing, I'm being negative and critical, but all I'm saying is let's let's see how Sheldon Keefe does first. Right now we're in the honeymoon phase. I was going to say the, the right, the right this thing. This is the honeymoon phase. The right thing to, to do is be very positive about the situation. You know, you have a guy coming in who's made an immediate impact um, and who feels like he is the right man for the job. Now you just got to sit back and watch the players take over and perform. Yeah. It's like it's like what everyone said. You know, you, you got a high-profile coach like Mike Babcock. It's canned in Toronto. You you've you've been given all the money in the world to come and play in the city. You're mm-hmm. playing in the quote-unquote hockey mecca. All the attention now shifts to you. You have a rookie coach coaching you. Mm-hmm. You have like a rookie new GM, young GM. Young GM, limited experience. You've been given all the money in the world. All the attention is now shifted to the players to perform. That's the last step. It's not shifting to Shanny. It's not shifting to Dubas yet. It will. But now all the focus is on the players and said, listen, you got what you want. You've gotten everything you want. Go out there, and this is on you. Before we get into the whole Mike Babcock news that with Mitch Marner from yesterday, because I think this is another element to everything. I want to ask you one, one question. Did Kyle Dubas set 
Mike Babcock up for failure. And what I mean by that is clearly there is a divide and difference in opinion on how to build a hockey team. We know what Babcock likes. He likes grit, size maybe, balance between size and skill. But he likes gritty teams. Did Kyle Dubas fail to provide that to Mike Babcock? Did he set him up for failure? I've thought about this for a bit. Because we know that Kyle Dubas didn't hire Mike Babcock, right? I don't I don't think he set him up to fail. I think he just want he just was on a completely he had a completely different vision for what he wants in his team. I mean, you you just said it he came in after Babs. He he came in and, and credit to him, he came in and said, Listen, we're gonna play my way. I know you're the coach, you know you're a veteran coach, you know, you've won a cup, you've won Olympic golds, but I'm the GM of this team. This is my vision for this hockey team, and I'm going to bring in the players that I want, mm-hmm. and you're going to coach the players that I bring in. Yeah. This what got to this point, and what you know ended up costing him his job, was not a not being adaptable, and not adjusting to the players that Dubas brought into play for their team. Mm-hmm. So you had a a gritty hard-nosed coach, veteran coach that wanted to play one style. He had a young, sort of innovative, new age, analytic mind that had his own vision for this team, and they just butted heads constantly. And none of them wanted to – I said I give credit to Dubas for not giving in to Babs. And, you know, Babs dug his own grave by not wanting to adjust to Dubas hockey. So, so I, I think what we can agree on is because I think what me and you have been talking about and what I've said earlier is we can evaluate this trade once we see some success with the team and that's winning and that's most, most importantly winning in the playoffs, right? But I think what we can both agree on is what's good for the team and why this might be the right move is because it's totally, it totally makes sense to have a coach and a GM on the same page. And clearly Mike Babcock and Kyle Dubas we're not that. And if Shanahan chose Dubis over Lula Morello, well, then clearly Shanahan has, has Kyle Dubis's back. So if you had to pick between Mike Babcock and Kyle Dubis, well, Shanahan's putting his money clearly on Kyle Dubis. So I think bringing in Sheldon Keefe, again, we can see We'll see if this is the right move down the road in terms of overall success, because I think that's something we have to evaluate over a larger sample size. But I think what we can all agree on in Leafs Nation is that having a GM and a coach collaborate with each other is totally healthy for the team. Overall, what's also healthy for the team is having strong coach player relationships and that's where we're going to pick off or pick up sorry on the second half of this podcast is the player and coach relationships which it seems mike babcock didn't really have and maybe that's something sheldon keith can bring to the leafs organization all right mac 
We're here on CFMU. We got to say, see you later. But continue um, to listen to our podcast, everybody. We're going to continue with some Leafs talk up next. Thanks for joining us. Pick up where we left off. We kind of talked about. Well, we broke down the Leafs uh, firing a Mike Babcock, and we left off with the idea that it's healthy to have a GM and coach see eye to eye on how the game should be played, the types of players you should bring in. It seems like right now that's what the Leafs have. They have Sheldon Keefe as the 31st coach in Leafs history. We know that Sheldon Keefe is a Kyle Dubas guy. So having them on the same page, being collaborative, sharing ideas, having the same vision is healthy for an organization. And I think I also mentioned, or I did mention, it's healthy to have the players and coaching staff have a healthy relationship. That's got to be good for a team, right? Both those things I said. That's critical to a team's success, I would say. Yeah, of course. I mean, everyone from top to bottom has to be on the same page. You, know, you look at look at all the championship teams, dynasties. We're going to go back to the Patriots. Kraft, Belichick, Brady have all been on the same page for 20 years. And support. Support. They're all on the same page. They all have the same vision. And that's why they've won six Super Bowls. So why are we questioning this? Well, for those that have been keeping up to date with, um, obviously, the sports news and Leafs news, um, story came out, when did it break? On Monday night? Yeah, Sunday night, I think it broke. That Mike Babcock, during Mitch Marner's rookie season, asked Mitch Marner, Midway through the season, this is in 2016, 2017, to make a list of all the players on the Leafs team and rank them from hardest working to least hardest working. Again, Mitch Marner was a 19-year-old kid. And Mike Babcock gives him almost like a homework assignment to rank the players on the team from hardest working to least hardest working. So Marner, you know, being intimidated by a coach, he's a, he's a rookie in the NHL, does so. And Mike Babcock releases this information to the players that are on the bottom of the list and says, this is how Mitch Marner ranks you in terms of your work ethic. 
Mitch Marner admits he was taken aback by this. He said he has moved on. And Mike Babcock apparently apologized at the time. But let's evaluate this. Like, how greasy of a move is this on Mike Babcock's part? It's it's incredibly greasy, and I, I just don't get it. I don't. I, I don't know what part of this is beneficial to him. Like, to, to Mitch, I mean. Like, what are you trying to prove? Like, you're embarrassing the kid in front of his team. He's mm-hmm. he's a new player. He's a 19-year-old playing in the NHL for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and, and that's where you're going to, you know, introduce him to this team is by just, like, flat-out embarrassing him in front of his, his peers. It's a power move, I right? I, I, I see it as that. I just – I don't – I just don't know why yeah. he did it. I, I can't wrap my head. I, I can't think of any specific reason why. He's like, oh, he, he gave some excuse of like building. Building uh, work I, ethic. I mean, yeah. What does that have to do with anything? You, you build your work ethic in the gym. You go build your work ethic on, on the, the ice. ice. And practice. Not making a list of, of guys who, you know, you're going to play with and go to battle with every night ranking them on how lazy they are. I don't I don't get how that's a benefit in any way. It's just, it's flat out stupid. And uh, okay, the, the the part with ranking your teammates is guys weird you, in itself. Guys who you barely even know. But then the rookie. But then releasing this information to the players and saying, "Look how Mitch Marner I, I want to know how, how did they say how he did it? Like did he just go up to each player personally and said, "Hey, look at he, look, look at this list. This, so, this is what Mitch thinks you're So to you're Mitch a shit Marner, player. yeah. <laughs> You're not going to work hard. You're not a good player. Getting a good play. Mike, Mike, Mike. Anyway, so he went, or sorry, to Marner's credit, he actually ranked himself somewhere at the bottom. I think he ranked himself at the bottom, Mitch Marner. He's smart to do that. And just, a, well, because he's intimidated, right? He didn't really want to do yeah. this. But just ahead, just above him were, I, think, I believe, Bozak and Kadri at the time in 2016. The, the two vets. The two vets in 2016, two, 2017. Two leaders, two, two letters on your team. And you talked about the Leafs earlier being a tight-knit group. And this is what shows them that even since 2016, 2017, this is a tight-knit group. It's because Kadri didn't get mad at Mitch Marner. He called out Mike Babcock at the time. He's like, Babs, what are you doing? Making the kid do this. And this was during the this was during the dad's trip. Yeah, the, like, the yearly do annual the dad's, dad's trip. I, I, that's why I'm, I'm curious to know how he did this. Like, how did he go about telling these you're showing these guys the list like do you just like hold it out like embarrass the kid call them out right in front of everyone because they, they, they were very adamant to say that this was during the dad's trip right so the, the dads had to have been around when this so, when this came up like how does this not create division not only in the leafs locker room but between the parents especially mitch marner's father who's gotten a lot of heat about contract negotiations and, and the coach this is and this is perfect because now do you see how it all comes full it's circle? It's all full circle. Yeah. Now you find out you say, ah, this is why Mitch held out. This is why the reports this that, oh, said, Mitch Marner's dad is hard to deal yeah. with. Well, obviously. You, do you think you Mitch Marner seriously didn't go to his dad and said, dad, you'll never believe what Mike Babcock made me do. That's like, I'd be beyond pissed if that was my kid who, who's, who worked his ass off and I'm a dad who's paid thousands of dollars for my kid in hockey to get him to that level. 
And now you now a coach has put. You're supposed to be a star. Going to be a, a star, star for player because he's a star player in a weird position that could affect his relationship with his teammates. Because we know about the hazing that goes on in hockey. And stuff like stuff like that can end careers. You know, you talk about we talk about like mental health and like emotional well being and stuff like that, and like stuff like that could, especially to like a 19 year old kid who's like trying to make it. And and play for his hometown team, like and and you know not just any team, the freaking Toronto Maple Leafs. And you come out yeah. and you just flat out embarrass a kid like that. Like Except, like Kadri and and both they could have taken it. this a different way, right? Oh, yeah. Like oh Mitch, you you snitch. Yeah. The heck are you doing? And and that can affect a player's career. So I, I really give credit. It really shows the kind of people that are the Leafs have had in this organization. I think if anything, it shows that Kadji was a good guy. Bozak was a good guy. I think those are things that we knew before. They were good people. Oh yeah. And who knows? Like who knows that could have went either way. I just think when, when me and you sit here and talk about, okay, was this the right decision to get rid of Babcock stories like this make me think a hundred percent. As soon as this started coming out, I go, Oh wow. I really don't feel bad about this decision anymore. Right. Before I was like, Oh, okay. You know what? His time is, is past due. You know, well, I felt bad for, I actually felt bad for Babcock a little bit, but, but as soon as that story came out, I was like, all right, no, screw him. Like, well, and, then more, and then this, it made me start thinking about the, the Mike Commodore comments. And then you start digging further back and you start hearing, uh, you know, we were listening oh, to yeah. O-Dog and Overdrive. He's been oh. absolutely tearing this guy a new one. O-Dog just week. called him like a bad guy. This, all he's a, week. <laughs> he's, he's been trashing him. All week. And when you hear this every day, then more and more and more people are coming out with these stories. It's just like, wow. Like, okay, this, this really was the right time and was the right move i i have i yeah it's shocking no sympathy for him now after hearing that i just don't know how you think that can create um it doesn't make any sense how that can create a positive work environment because that's essentially what this is right hockey players like their 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 work is the rink how can this create a healthy work environment it doesn't it's basically like hazing uh, well, and this is what Hazing, it's all about. Like we know Babcock bullying. was all about the mind games. He was all about um, sending messages in weird ways. Look what he did to Jason Spezza. Opening night. That was one of the greasiest things. Like going back to, to Commodore and talking about like Mike Medano getting scratched and stuff. Like again, we're, we're backtracking on all of these things that have happened the last few years. It's like, huh, that makes sense now. Huh? That makes sense now. Well, like this, this season started off on such a sour note, like w- with the Matthews thing, and then the opening night thing with Spezza, and like you know, hometown boys finally coming back to play for his home team, playing on a minimum vet deal. A good guy in the league. He's always a good player. I mean, he was obviously on the wrong end of it playing for Ottawa for so many years, but you know, still a great player. Um, but nonetheless, hometown boy bought a ton of tickets for his family to attend, and then literally hours before the game, gets scratched. A mm-hmm. veteran. This isn't like a rookie. A guy like who's coming in fringe. playing for the league minimum seven hundred thousand dollars against like, his oh, former you, team. You bastard! You know, like how could you do that? And then it's you. You heard what he did to Mike Medano, Hall of Fame Mike, Hall of Famer Mike Medano. 
If you look up his hockey DB, Mike Medano is stuck at 1,499 games. The reason he wasn't given 1,500 games because Mike Babcock sat him for five straight in Detroit and never gave him an opportunity to play in his 1,500th game. Also local boy. He's from Michigan. From Michigan. So clearly Babcock has a history here of using his power to send some sort of message. My question is, how does any of this build a healthy hockey club that wants to fight for you and play for their coach? Right? Like, how? It doesn't. So when we look back at the beginning of the season, and like and like you mentioned and explained to you know our audience, Spets is sitting in the press box. That definitely made its way into the into the locker room. That definitely affected the relationship between Mike Babcock and his players. So it's stuff that comes out like this that I say, okay, maybe this was the right move. I still want to evaluate this over the course of a season. But if this is the kind of stuff Mike Babcock was pulling, then, I mean, it's no it's no wonder why the players didn't like him and didn't want to play for him. When you look back in hindsight, we there's so many examples where it's just like, wow. Well, more coming out. More coming out. You don't think about it at the time because it's like, oh, you know, that's him. He's being stern. There's a reason for it. But then you look back on it, you're like, no, it you know, it was just a, it was just a, like you said, like a power move, just like I'm intimidation. The coach. I'm the coach. You, you know, you're going to do whatever I say. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what your family says, you know, very emotionless. Um, and you know, made it really seem like this is all for him, right? Like this is, this is his team and nothing was going to stop him from coaching his team the way that he wants. Very, very narcissistic. I bet you that more stories are going to come out. If any of you want like some good reads and comments, go follow Mark Fraser and Mike Commodore on Twitter because they have, I mean, they don't share a lot of details, but they do mention some stories that have been told to them or they have experienced themselves when it, when uh, it involves Mike Babcock. Um, Again, I don't want to like continue bashing the guy. I just think it's important to bring up because I think you mentioned this earlier, Jordan, as Babcock being a face of mental health and Bell, let's talk. Yeah, I said this a couple of days ago. How does chat. any of this relate to his actions as a coach? How does this, how, how can he be an ambassador for mental health when you play these kind of psychotic mental games? It just doesn't add up. Yes, yeah, it's all like some like huge front. I, I don't. I don't know if he was told he had to do it or what his reasons for me. He's just trying to front that he's, he's a good guy, but he's actually the bad guy. But like, like you said, you know, he, they had, they had a whole show with him for bell. Let's talk. It gave, Discussing mental health, bad, the bab socks, yeah. you know, with Movember and. Is he a bad guy though? Or is he just outdated? Like, is he just too old school that he hasn't adapted? Because we know everyone that's successful, right? In whatever aspect of life, whether it's coaching, uh, in your career, um, the best always adapt, right? So is he just one that hasn't adapted or is he just a bad guy? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out here. Could be both. I guess we won't won't know. The NHL has taken a lot of flack lately. Oh, Um, Bill Peters. All year. We forgot about Don Cherry. Yeah. Mike Babcock. 
Bill Who would have thought three now. weeks ago that Don Cherry and Mike Babcock and this is all happening this month? Jobs. This month, this is all happening. Yeah, all and it's like, who said November was a, a lot, boring month? A lot of bad PR <laughs> for the NHL right now. Well, look at the Bill Peters story today. Bill Peters, head co- head coach of the Calgary Flames, is being accused, and I think rightfully ac- accused, sorry, of saying racist comments to Akeem Alou, who was. Uh, a young prospect in the Flames organization. But I believe he made these racist allegations or comments back when uh, he was coaching Akeem Alou in the Akeem Alou, sorry, in the OHL. Yeah, this happened in 2008. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. I don't know if these are allegations. I think these are all truths. I think these are all truths. he's come out and said it. They started out as allegations on Twitter. Yeah. I read his I read his tweets and there were there were um, excerpts or whatever today of like the locker room conversations and yeah. Um, also, side note, Mike Babcock guy he coached with Mike Babcock in Detroit. So that's what I mean. Like, so are a lot of these it's, guys it's just outdated, or do they are they just bad guys? Because I mean, I think if anything, when you compare the Mike Babcock uh, scenario to um, Bill Peters, obviously, when you're saying a racial slur to someone, it's a little multiple. It's not like you let one, you know, one slipped out. He literally, you know, chewed him up in the. He basically he chewed him up in the locker room for listening to rap music. Yeah, and he was asking him why he was listening to it. Obviously, you know, using the N word in his comments as well. This will get um, Bill Peters fired. Oh, it, it hasn't better. happened yet. <laughs> He's getting investigating fired. it, but they're. They were supposed to play. They're supposed to play tomorrow in Buff. Is it Buff? Wait, in Calgary? Calgary? Yeah, I think they're supposed to play Buff tomorrow. I'll check that for you. Um, but they still don't know. I think I think their assistants are. He hasn't been fired. Well, they're still investigating it. They're investigating. It. He. They're holding him out from coaching while they're investigating. They're probably interviewing him. And, yeah, because Bill Peters wasn't at practice today. Yeah, and you're right. They're facing the Sabres yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, I think they're. I think the assistants are coaching the game tomorrow night. I think uh, Bob McKenzie mentioned it tonight in overdraft. Overdrive. Overdrive. Overdraft. Yeah. Overdraft. Thinking about my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> overdrive. But, uh, Do you have the pay-per-use or the... Yeah, uh, yeah. I got the flaffy. That's what I got. the flaffy, Anyways, the, um, yeah, just, just horrible, horrible comments just to say to anyone, you know, outside of a you know, hockey arena, just, just a human being, um, totally uncalled for, totally unnecessary. And again, it's, it's tough to, a, a lot of people were ripping up this player because they said, you know, it's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. Why are you coming out now? You just happened to wait for Mitch to come out and, this whole Babcock story to um, to catch fire, like no pun intended, but and, and it. But again, we're going back to this whole you know era of you know we're talking about like the Me Too movement, um, you know all these these guys being accused of sexual abuse, things like that. Like it's very intimidating to come out and accuse somebody of like that, but. Well, especially it's, when your career's on the line. When your career's on the line, there's a lot of pressure. And again, we're going back to talking about like, you know, and I, I hate to, to get off topic and like bring this into it, but like since we're on the topic of, you know, abuse, whether it's mental, sexual, we're talking about like, you know, the Harvey Weinstein incidents and stuff like that. It's like 
there's a lot of pressure on people to stay quiet. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money involved, especially when you're an athlete, you're, you're at the, you're at the, you know, the top tier of your craft, whether you're an actor or, you know, uh, um, you know, in anything, the top tier of anything, you're making a lot yeah. of money. There's a lot of pressure to stay quiet. Yeah. And you're young. You, you, you're thinking about your future. Yeah. So there, there is incentive there to, you know, maybe try and hide it a bit. And sometimes it does take someone coming out and, um, you know, being a first to say that. Cause like in the NHL, this is like the first time I'm ever hearing of, I'm not going to say it's the first time coming out because like, you know, we always heard of the stories of what happened to like Theo Fleury. Right. Uh, Sheldon Kennedy, like things like physical abuse, the the Penn State incident with like Sandusky and Joe Paterno, yeah, that was like one of the first things that kicked it off in like sports. But I think what all of those all these scenarios have in common are um, people are just looking after their careers. They're so they're so worried about about being blacklisted. Yeah. So if we look at the Mitch Marner situation, right? You know there was probably reporters that knew this story at the time. They didn't want to say anything because they want access to the Leafs dressing room. Right. Mitch Marner doesn't want to come out publicly and say it because he doesn't want to be benched or sent to the minors by Babcock. Akeem Alou doesn't want to say anything because, again, he's fighting for his hockey career. He's fighting to make a living. And if he, if he says something, he might. And I think he did get sent down to the ECHL because of his constant confrontations with Bill Peters, not necessarily him uh, coming public with this because he didn't come public mm-hmm. with this until now. And I think that's why you see like Mike Commodore and Mike Fraser on on Twitter um, ripping it on Babcock and coming out with some of these stories because they have nothing to lose yeah, now. They've, they've played in the now. NHL, they've, they've right? Done it. So it's it's the intimidation factor, right? It's these these guys don't want to come out with these stories, and I'm sure there's a lot of other ones that we haven't heard of yet. It's because they're just looking out for their careers. Well, the best example at the moment is in the NFL. With uh, one Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. talking about, you know, speaking out for what's right. Well, look, and, and then look who that got him, right? Like, it's it's obviously the right thing to do, but it he's... 100% is. It's not saying that you shouldn't be doing it. You 100% should be speaking out. Yeah. But there has to be... Um, whenever something like that is, is occurring, there has to be a support level um, to do it, whether it's from the NHLPA. Um, you know, we talk about things like whistleblowers... You know, you know, we usually group together whistleblowers with like acting out like against the government. But mm-hmm. in terms of you know any level, any type of employment, you have to have that support for someone who's looking to speak out for again like injustice, whether it's you know racial, um, you know sexual abuse, mental health, bullying. Bullying's huge right now. It's a big issue. And and we and, know what oh, you know, and, and we know to, bullying and hazing for people to bullying to and hazing is out. a thing. In all sports, not just hockey, right? All sports. Um, yeah, and are more stories going to come out? Like like the Mitch Marner, the, the Mitch Marner story, I don't want to say Mitch Marner because he didn't really come out with this. It was more so reporters that came out with this. But did this, did this story kind of open the floodgates to like why people stay quiet on certain issues? It may be some of the culture that has to change within – sports organizations and locker rooms like maybe it's maybe it's raised some of these issues well i i think it started way before that like i said it started with like theo flurry 
mm-hmm. and Sheldon Kennedy when they when they came out and you know released their book and uh, talked about you know their incidents and issues. So I think that was like one of the first real things to come out and say you know listen, there's there are a lot of issues and and it's not just you know women that the, you know yeah. this happens to. It's a lot of men, a lot of you know people who you would never expect um, mm-hmm. to be struggling or have issues. Suicide's been a big issue. Um, and that co- coincides with mental health and, you know, they, they link like concussions and fighting and CTE and all that in football. Um, there, there's gotta be more of it. There's, there's gotta be more support of it. You're going to see a lot more, uh, you know, there, there, there guaranteed are a lot of issues that you don't hear yeah. about that don't get reported. I, I do think that, that should be, I do think that Colin Kaepernick and what he did for himself and for the whole black lives matter movement. Um, I think it, it's, we can all agree it, it's great, but it's so unfortunate that he's almost been blacklisted from the league and there's been some sort of collusion within the NFL to make him never play again because we can all agree like he's better than a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So I think when we look at that situation, that's essentially what a lot of players are scared of to speak out against any coach or even any players on their, on their team that might be hazing or bullying um, or overusing their power if you're a coach or a GM. Um, I think a lot of players don't come out and say it because they fear for their careers. They feel that this could negatively, negatively, sorry, uh, affect their careers. So, yeah, it's uh, some crazy stuff, some crazy stories. Like this between the Babcock one, and the and the Peters one from, from Calgary's coach. It's it's crazy. He will be fired though. He better be because it's you know, although it happened ten years ago organizations sports organizations are a business and you can't have someone on your staff that has a record that's on record and has a history of saying um racially abusive things to another player so he'll, he'll be fired it hasn't happened yet by the time we release this podcast who knows it might it might happen um and in terms of mike babcock i mean just Get your popcorn ready. There might be some more stories that come out. Do you think Mike Babcock will be hired by another NHL team? I was just going to ask you that. Um, he's take because obviously he's taking a lot of heat in the in the media right now. I don't think it'll be this year. First of all, I don't even think he wants the coach for the rest of the year. Um, I'm, I'm sure he'll. He's getting paid out by the Leafs. He doesn't. Yeah, he it must be nice. Two mil a year. He doesn't need to. Yeah, he can just he can just chill. Um. He can just relax. I mean, he'd always mention like how his kids are away and stuff. I'm sure he'll go home and just like, you know, spend time with them after being in Toronto for these years. But I, I don't know. I, with all this stuff coming out now, I don't think I don't think any team will go near him. I don't think any team will want to. Yeah. If anything, may, maybe if there's a desperate team at the start of next year, I don't really see any teams who are also going to be looking for a coaching change shortly. Uh, I mean, well, Bill, Bill you, Peters is going to get canned. Do you think? Like, let's say, let's say Bill re- Peters gets canned. Did they hire Mike Babcock? No, absolutely not. They're, they're not going to. They're not going to hire two guys here in the spotlight. Because I actually think Mike no. Babcock would be a pretty decent coach in Calgary. No, there's I, some grit there. I don't. I do not think so. They're they're going to take so much heat. Why? He's a winning coach. Not with this. Not with all this stuff. Not going with all on that stuff. Going not at the same time. You know, both of them in the in the news. Yeah, that would that wouldn't be good. No chance. So I so so you just answered my question. It will affect. It will affect his ability to get a job in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. Um, 
maybe not next year when the dust settles and teams are desperate for a coach. But let's let's say that Calgary position comes open. I think you're right. I don't think Babcock will get it. I just think these with this new age, like in you know parentheses, new age NHL. I think they're they're really gonna start phasing out these like hard ass coaches like that. Well, like I, old I, progressive. I I think that's just a product of the time generation. I I think you're gonna see a lot of, of teams get younger. And I mentioned this, I mentioned this yesterday uh, in our group chat. Look at look at all the coaches who have won championships, not named Bill Belichick. In and you know any major sport. They're all players' coaches. Uh, Barube, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse. Barube was a St. Louis Blues head coach. Nick Nurse, yeah. Um, you look at the way that these, these teams these teams are starting to hire young coaches. Look at the NFL. Mm-hmm. Look at all these young head coaches yeah. getting hired. Guys that are like could could be as old, you know, young enough to play. Yeah. And. They're bringing these different ideas into the game. They're they're analytics schemes, analytics. Um, well, look at uh, a lot of su- success with it, and I think this is the look this at is Vince Lace. He's a young coach yep. for the Bulldogs, right? Sean McVay, like guys like Sean that. Sean McVay, yeah. I mean, guy gets handed the reins to. Well, I think that's what appeals to now. players nowadays, though, right? Or guys that build relationships with coaches. Or sorry, guys that build relationships with their players, coaches that build relationships think, with their players. I think players are different now. They are. Like we're we're at the age where we're like the average age of mm-hmm. like the the athlete, like late twenties. Like this is like an average, you know, this is like middle age in, you know, athlete they, years. They they tune out the different the breed, hard ass different breed coach, now. right? They tune them out. Yeah, millennials are different. And well, we're men- we're millennials. Yeah. Millennials or whatever generation, whatever generation Y, y or whatever they're or called, there. yeah. Um, D generation X, <laughs> D. <laughs> yeah, like they just they're sort of. I lost for words right now. Their like respect for authority is a little different. You, you gotta, you gotta focus on the relationships with the players. It's not so much just like they're play now, like they want to win. They're just a bunch of savages is ready to go out and play and beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, it's a different it's like, mentality. It's very finesse now. It's very analytics. It's very there's less there's less physicality being introduced to the game now. And there's more skill, skill and that's across um, the board in a lot ta- of sports. Tactics, right? Tactics, things, things. Yeah. It's less aggressive. Yeah, across all sports, a lot of sports are a lot less aggressive, mm-hmm. and it's more about you know entertainment and skill and finesse now. And it's like it takes different coaches, different people to play those sports and and to actually coach them too. Yeah. So you see, you see that a lot. This it's it happens in every league. Well also, said. also these guys are getting paid too much money to. You know, need to fight for a job every. Year. These guys are just getting paid. They're so comfy. It's it's not even funny. Look at look at the contracts these guys are signing. You know, they, these guys don't want to get hurt. These guys want to go and bash their brains out. You know I mean? That's well. You mentioned contracts. It's I. It's the one thing we didn't really bring up with the whole Mike Babcock thing was, um. Did his lack of relationship maybe with his group with his players. Lead to Nylander, Marner, and Matthews wanting 
even more money, maybe a little extra compensation. We don't have to get into that discussion now. I mean, we can if you want. But like, I've seen it, if you're Mitch Marner, I've seen different takes on it. If online. you're Mitch Marner, though, and you had to make a list of players from hardest working to least hardest working, yeah, I, I would ask for the sun and moon as well. We know, we know, we know. Austin Matthews had his had his run-ins with Mike Babcock, with ice time and the power play. If I'm going to be here for an extended period of time, pay me. Same with Nylander. You know, so I, I know we didn't really get into that, but you know, could could that lack of relationship between Babcock and his and his top players and the top young guys in this organ in the Leafs organization, did that lead to them? playing hardball with Kyle Dubas and wanting not to take a discount 100%. I think it did play a role. And that's where I think you mentioned earlier, that's where you mentioned like the whole thing coming full circle. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. What will make even more sense is if the Leafs rally behind this, make the playoffs and finally win a round. That would make sense because this group is talented enough to do so. So let's let, let's hope they make that um, let's hope they make that happen. So I mean, we covered a lot of ground today, don't you think? Oh yeah, covered a lot of ground. Um, we're going to continue to analyze this team going forward. Like we said, Detroit tomorrow night. Right, that's what in Detroit. Followed by Friday in Buffalo, and then Saturday we're finally back home in Toronto against Buffalo again. That's that's a potential six points there, which I think the Leafs should get because they're facing teams that are below them in the standings. So we'll probably chat after those games. It's a good weekend to be in Buffalo. Yeah, Thursday or Thursday, Cowboys Bills in Buffalo. Mm. Friday. Thanksgiving. Leafs buff at four o'clock and Saturday back home Leafs buff. There's a lot to hate about the United States sometimes. This in terms of their leadership and president. But they do Thanksgiving right. Don't they get like a week off? Thursday, Friday. Actually no, it's in it's in Dallas. I'm wrong. Why did they tell me it was in Buff? How many days off do they have in the States for American Thanksgiving? Uh Thursday, Friday. It's amazing. And it's like uh, not even a month before Christmas. <laughs> even better. They do it right. And it's Black Friday. They do it right. So you can go spend all your money on games and, and clothes you don't need. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to do that. You got to love those Black Friday deals, right? All right, buddy. We had a lot to talk about today and we did it. I'm exhausted. I'm very curious to see if this narrative shifts after this week. What do you mean or by we're that? we're still going to be praising, praising well, this move. That very is curious. what we're going to see, right? I like, want to like see. Like pump the brakes on, on giving Sheldon Keefe like the ticket. I think the keys to the VIP, the keys to Toronto. Like relax a little bit. Like two games in. Before we go, I, 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 I forgot about this while we were talking about it. And I want to bring it up. I think... 
the reason why everyone's getting so high and mighty on this is because there's just so many comparisons to what the Raptors did. When they fired Casey, there's so many, so many comparisons that you can make. You can comp- easily compare Casey to Babcock, and you can easily compare Nurse to Keith. Yeah, here's the and difference. I, and I here's think the that's difference. why everyone's getting so excited is because they saw what happened with the Raptors. Relax. It's it's very easy. to You know what the Raptors did? They won a championship and they yes. won a round. And they won a round, but it's, they won a round. It, but after <laughs> a after having a coach that couldn't get them over the hump for years, they had the guy. They had Demar. They had Dwayne Casey, who's who's a coach of the year. They're setting franchise records for wins. They couldn't get past the second round. You know, you get swept in the Eastern Conference Finals. They just couldn't do it. And then what do they do? They come in, they fire an older veteran coach. I think this is a young, bit of a different situation, mind. though, Jordan, because uh, Nurse worked. Nurse worked as an assistant to Casey. He knew some of the players. It's uh, the same things happened with he, Keith. He had a team that had prior playoff experience and failures with Dwayne Casey. Same thing. W- but they won rounds. But the, it's a little. And then they got Kawhi too. I think this year you're starting to see more of the ability of Nick Nurse, but I th- I think that's unfair to Sheldon Keefe to say, oh, you got to come in here and win a championship. That's what Nurse Why did, not? right? The expectation is to come in and win the cup. Well, you're coaching the Leafs. Baby steps, buddy. We got to win around first. He, you think Keefe knows that? I think he uh, he's been here for a few years. He, he hasn't been with the Leafs, but he's been in Toronto. This guy knows what he has to come in and do. He has to come in. You're and, telling and a guy that to, to coach a team that hasn't won a cup since 1967 to come in and win a cup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hope he does that, but it's easier said than done. He can't just come in and win a champ. What a championship's course, hard. But he knows what he, the work he has to put in. I'm in. Or else man. he's not lasting a year or two. I'm in, but it's a hard. I'm just saying. I'm not task. saying he's he's coming in and doing all this. Like, the, no, the work has to be done. The work has players to be have done. to be all in. I think that's Everything an unfair to expectation right. to put on. I'm him saying right there's now, a lot year. of, there's a lot of comparisons that you can make. And I think a lot, if you're a fan in, in, in Ontario, or, or if you're a fan of both of these teams, mm-hmm. it's very easy to draw a comparison to what you just saw happen this year to a team within that ownership group. Two but very similar. I, but coaches, I think that's so easy to say MLSC. because it's, it's just very like, easy to say. But people people like to take these routes sometimes. Oh man, this and I, I said it before. I'm like I I think I even compared the two. I'm like you're you're seeing a very similar thing. I'm not saying just that, because they made this change is going to come. Up. I want it to happen, and so do I. Because I, I believe that this can happen, but so do I. But I'm just saying it's easy to you, it's very easy to compare. What happened? I'm not saying they're going to come out and they're going to win the cup in a year. They're going to trade for Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid, and they're going to come in and win a ship. I'm just saying it's very easy to just sort of cross that path and say, look what happened to the Raptors, and now look what's happening to them. The Leafs can, you know, easily take a step back and make that change and go to a younger guy who has no experience, you know, taking the reins from a veteran coach and can actually put – he can easily be a guy that can oh, you're right. over the top the ex- as well. Obviously, that's what he wants. That's what we want. That's what the Leafs organization wants. What I'm saying is, let's just let's get this guy into the NHL as a coach. Um, let him make his mistakes. Let him learn. And most importantly, um, let him succeed with us putting so much pressure on him. It's impo- That's all. It's impossible. It's impossible. You're in Toronto. Yeah. I know it's impossible, but... <laughs> Who are we kidding? Uh, it's impossible. It's I know. It's impossible here, man. That's not happening. But 
Stanley Cup is the hardest cup to win. Yeah. By far. It's not even close. Hardest cut, hardest championship to win. So I, I guess what I'm just preaching is baby steps. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. I hope Sheldon keeps the guy. So far, so good. 2-0. But he's going to run in, and the Leafs will run into another situation this season where they're going to be facing some sort of adversity. My guess, at some point, it's going to be the Boston Bruins. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll see. Go Leafs go, man. Let's get six points. It's all good from here, man. I'm ready. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Hopefully quick. we won't have another uh, week and a half, two-week break. But uh, Quick plug. We're, we were refreshed. Yeah, go ahead and plug. We actually haven't had a plug today, so I'm pretty fresh. So we're going to thank you and continue to follow us at P.O. Sports Talk on Twitter at purposely underscore offside on Instagram. Once again, you can catch our show, our CFMU portion, Mondays, 9.30 a.m. on 93.3 CFMU here in the beautiful city of Hamilton. Our podcast will be posted on all streaming platforms following the release. Catch us on Spotify. Catch us on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Podbean. Podbean. Anchor. Anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can follow us, download us, Take us on the go train like I do. And yep. thanks for listening. All right, guys. Thanks as always. Take it easy. We're out.